Welcome to the Six Degree Podcast, the podcast where we grill our guests about the things that make them tick and find out how human connection plays a role in their life. I'm your host, Emily Merrill. I'm your host, Emily Merrill, and today I'm thrilled to have brand explosion strategist Arya Lighty as our guest. Arya, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, it's the worst saying people's names because I don't know if you're someone who in your brain it's like I'll I know I, I just met someone named leave and but it's spelled l-i-v and I'm like live 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 <laughs> but then my brain is like oh, that's not right Emily you need to say this woman's name right so how are you at pronouncing names um I think I'm good at pronouncing them, but I do this weird thing where, like, I gaslight myself all the time into thinking that I don't know things that I definitely know. And even I was creating something with my client and very good friend, and I was I had to like go to her Instagram page to confirm that her last name was Gun, and then I was just telling her like I know her name, but like yeah. something about my brain is like everything is wrong. That's a really good point. I feel like. My, my business partner of my other business ready set coach program is named Lexi and <laughs> I spell her name wrong more often than I should. And I spend more waking hours with her than I do my husband or like my <laughs> child. But the same thing, I'm like, is it an I or is it an I E? And then you don't yeah. trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No self-trust in that, in that category, for sure. <laughs> Guys, we need to find an expert on self-trust. <laughs> oh, and I have butchered names and I try not to. Like, again, this is something that I try really cognizant, like I'm cognizant of not trying to. I remember being called out like publicly. The woman's <gasps> name, last name was Bayer, like the, like the aspirin. Yeah. No, it was Bayer, but it's spelled like Bayer. Anyways, and she was like, don't. Oh, she just went for you. She just went for it. I was like, red cheeks, here we go. Don't you ever say bear. I'm like, as a as a Merrill, do you know how many morels I get? <laughs> oh, for real. I mean, like, I answer to anything that remotely sounds like Aria. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's probably me. You're probably how, talking to me. How do people butcher <laughs> Aria? They add letters all the time. Like, I'm called oh. Ariel, Ariana, Aria. Yeah. Hey, Aria, come on over. <laughs> yeah, Aria always gets me because I'm like, does that seem like that would be a name? Sorry if anyone named Aria. Is. <laughs> if you are named Aria, please DM me for a very special gift. <laughs> and me. But... Yeah, both of us. We are just, we are going to give you something. Um, square footage, too, you know, like any weird name. Come on down. Uh, so, Aria, I... I love the fact that we met at Alt Summit. And for those that aren't familiar with Alt Summit, basically it's like summer camp for adults, adult oh, female yeah. content creators <laughs> in yeah. Springs. And um, they had a really, I think it was on the Facebook group, but they were like something about networking. And I was like, well, she calls herself the networking queen. I'm yeah. the networking queen. Oh, and we battled it out. We did. <laughs> How many connections did you get at Old Summit? Yeah, I was like, meet me by the pool, bitch. Let's I do it. <laughs> I drowned, but you know, it's cool. <laughs> so tell us, tell us who Aria is. Aria, the networking queen, is, and how she came to be a brand explosion strategist. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the networking queen, that is obviously like my passion, intentional as fuck networking and getting creatives and visionaries to show the fuck up in the world. I have really been mastering the art of networking since I was like 19, so 19 years <laughs> when I was an executive recruiter. I just spent a tiny bit of time in the corporate world and jumped right into believing that I could just have my own business <laughs> opened up a brick and mortar. I really like lived so many different lives. Um I've had brick and mortar art studios. I have been a wardrobe stylist. I've been an executive recruiter. I founded the Mob Nation, which is the National Alliance of Mom-Owned Businesses. Like I've really done a lot of things, but like that networking has been that key piece to all of it, right? That like ties it all together because with every pivot and every season, I've been able to take my network with me because of the really amazing connections that I've been able to uh, create. And as far as brand explosion, I mean, I feel like I have like this unique set of skills, like <laughs> Liam Neeson, like I, <laughs> You've been I, taken? I, 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 I like brought it all together where it was like everything that I learned as far as, um, getting press or building relationships or just to like really brilliant ideas about how to uh, brand yourself and, and messaging and all of that. And I kind of put it together to just help explode people's brands. And I like to work with the disruptors, like the people that are doing shit way different that are like kind of pushing against the green or challenging something in their industry. So uh, those are the the brands I really like to explode the most. And I think mm -hmm. that with like traditional visibility or PR, that's not always possible um, to really, because they try to fit them into a box. So that's what I think makes me kind of like unique in that way. And I think one thing that you do do so well, even if you go to, if you go to Aria's website or Instagram, it's like, it's you. There's no, you on the page and you off in real life is very very complimentary. I don't feel like, oh. <laughs> I, I don't feel like you're, it's like a persona of you virtually yeah. and then not a persona of you um, in person. So I'll give a, a great example right now. She is recording this episode and she is wearing um, metallic pink headphones that are like so bigger than my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, they look really comfy, but they, they're so your personality. And, and then you go onto Aww. your Instagram and we see you shaking it with like a metallic skirt surrounded by like a pink silhouette. So yeah. I don't think like, I think your representation of you um, very much like follows through in terms oh. of well, everything. Yeah. Thank, thank you. And that is something that I think is so important with the people that I work with and is like really extracting that like that is the brand is how you talk, how you move through the world, like how you engage. And I think that especially for disruptors or challengers, it's easier to just want to go to like the default of what they're seeing in their industry or not want to like ruffle feathers. But I'm like, fuck yeah. that. <laughs> Shake it up. Talk <laughs> shit. You've got a ruffled <laughs> feather right in front of me. Um, so what, what does a, I like the word, I don't think I've, I've really thought about the word disruptor or challenger, but like what is a disruptor or a challenger when you're describing that client? Yeah, it's really the people that they're taking a look at their industry. They're taking a look at the way that things are done. And they're like, there is a better way to do this. 
They are really the people that are going like against the grain. They are people that are bringing new life to whatever, you know, industry that they're in. I think that there's a lot of systems that have been built that kind of like gatekeep success and they've kind of modeled like, this is the way that you do it. This is the way success looks like. This is the way being an entrepreneur looks like. This is, you know, the constant narrative that we push out about, about business. And the disruptors are really the ones that answer the call to be like, no, we can do this different. We can do this better. We can, you know, have a different path to, um, for people to go down and they're really like the, the trailblazers. Mm, and I can think of like a handful of disruptors just by that description alone. Yeah. Where you look at their stuff and you're like, I can't stop looking. And <laughs> well, you're, you're one of them, right? Like you saw, uh, I mean, I've talked about six degrees, like nonstop since <laughs> we connected at all, because obviously <laughs> I love to network and I'm I like, oh, that. you have to do this. But like you saw a way that networking was done wrong, right? We were talking about just our passion for yeah. uh, really curating community and connection and, and actually giving a shit about the people that we're trying to like, you know, yeah. build relationships with and for. Like you're definitely a disruptor that you were like, um, no, this isn't actually how we should be doing this. Like follow me and I'm willing to go, you know, lead this charge of showing you and teaching you how networking and relationship building should be done. Uh, So that's not just like a Gemini, like, (laughs) (laughs) aren't you a Gemini too? I feel like we like found out we had the same something or another. Um, I am an Aries sun and Aries rising. So double Aries over here. I just assume I'm like every community builder. She's a Gemini. That's it. I I make these very strong assumptions. Well, thank you for saying that. And I, I really liked how you said that you had, you were basically, you had all these different jobs and all these different experiences, but like the common thread or the commonality was taking your network or compounding your network and building your network and building, building it as you went. So at what point did you leave corporate or like quote unquote corporate and decide to hedge your own path? Um, Well, I was a young mom, so I had my daughter at 20, and um, I went back to the corporate world, but I was only in for like a year and a half prior to that. Went back to it, and I was like, "Eh, no, I'd rather be with my kid. Um, So I, I, I went home. I stayed home with her for a while, and I honestly don't know what possessed me to want to be a wardrobe stylist, an editorial wardrobe stylist. But I just decided one day and I made like a little MySpace account for it and a a model mayhem and made a Gmail account. And I just started interviewing or uh, emailing photographers and like, hey, I'm a wardrobe stylist. I want to work with you. And it worked. So what (laughs) the heck? So so basically you had no experience, but you're like, this is what I do. And they're like, cool, cool. I'm yeah, I'm I'm in. Yeah. So this is teachable moment. Number one for our listeners when people are like. (laughs) no, I don't have enough expertise or like I need to have a certification and wardrobe styling or whatever limiting belief you have about the thing that you are working on. Step one, do the damn thing. Because do the damn thing. So Aria, what happened? These people said, you know, like, cool. Or they said, (laughs) how they were like, awesome. Yeah. Well, first, I mean, I tapped into networking. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I asked a few people like this is what I'm doing do you know anybody 
uh, in the industry that I should meet. I started going to events that I knew the right people would be in, right? Like fashion mm-hmm. shows and boutique openings and galleries and stuff like that. And just started introducing myself as a stylist. Um, and then I, I also would – I did make up a fake assistant, um, which <laughs> is one that. of my one, – another teachable moment. And I would be like, oh, Aria is going to be in Seattle next weekend, you know, doing a shoot. Do you have anything coming up that maybe she could, like, assist you with? This is her day rate, you know, and and it worked out. And a lot of people that I was networking with were doing, um, like, TFP, so, like, time for prints for, like, your portfolio. But I was like, oh, well, this is my day rate and was getting paid (laughs) the day rate. And I that was, like, 2000 nine and my day rate was like $950 uh, with no experience other than I was really great at putting really rad shit together. Um, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Love this teachable moment because it's also a great teachable <laughs> moment when you think about, um, you think all of a sudden, first off, when someone has an assistant, there is that like allure and she was yeah. her own assistant and she didn't really, I bet you, you didn't even have Seattle booked, right? You probably no, booked- Seattle. I mean, I was going to be in Seattle. That part wasn't a lie. It's just uh, the shoot that I had planned was the one that I'm making up with you right now. So it's kind of like <laughs> channel your inner, um, what's her name? Anna Delvey energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except I had I had the skills to back it up, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's funny because my fake assistant was named Vanessa. And then I ended up hiring somebody named Vanessa. So people that were like starting this fake conversation with Vanessa, you know, like when I was building those yeah. relationships, uh, they actually ended up working with and talking to Vanessa and being like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to finally meet you after like, talking to you what? for so long. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's that's a prerequisite. You find an assistant that fits the name. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, you're going to have to legally change your name if you want to work with me. Your name is now Vanessa. I, I think that's a, a great tip for everyone. And that's the same thing for negotiating. Um, a lot of people can get anxious to ask for money, but what if you have a Vanessa in your pocket who's asking mm-hmm. for money or yeah. your Vanessa is your accounting department who is following up on the invoice that's unpaid. So creating, Amen. creating a, a persona that mm-hmm. is a supporting your team, but that support can still be you supporting the team. Yes, absolutely. And then like, that would be one of my first hires that I would do too is like have mm-hmm. somebody that can be that buffer that is the one that so you're not the bad guy you're not the one that's like going to yes. you know push against your boundaries and stuff like that like no actually if you want Aria to be there like pay the invoice and <laughs> and and then like we'll... Vanessa is such a bitch she's so mean <laughs> she's a killer man she goes she goes for it and then you're like I know she's so mean she but she holds so accountable <laughs> I love it. Okay, so created Vanessa. And then so what happened next? You had created the the styling business. At what point did you decide to create um, a not styling business? Um, Things always have kind of like overlapped. So I was also um, bartending and doing bottle service and and go-go dancing and all of that stuff during these time periods. And um, I had this idea that kept coming to me about creating a kid's art studio where I would take like salad bars and turn them into what I called art bars so that kids would load up like instead of food, it would be like pom-poms and googly eyes and, 
oh all God. of this stuff. Um, and I kept just thinking about this, like how fun it would be. I loved working with kids. I actually wanted to be a kindergarten teacher originally. And one day I was, um, I woke up out of my sleep and I was like, art a la carte. It would be called art a la carte. And then <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make art a la carte. And I just led that same exact, like, oh, I have the idea. So I'm just going to go do it. I brought that same energy to art a la carte. And I opened it up like nine months later, like I applied for a grant. I went through this like small business program where at the end of it, you get $5,000 and I built a brick and mortar with that $5,000. Wait, that is in art a la carte. Yeah. Holy crap. That is amazing. And Wait, all you can make art bar. <laughs> you can make art bar. Wait, yeah. how, how did, okay, first off, tell people where you are. And- <laughs> uh, well, I'm in Honolulu, but I actually built that um, in Portland, Oregon, which is such really? a, it's such a Portland vibe to have an all you can make art bar. Uh, a thousand percent. And, and I think it's yeah. next to like a strip. It's like inside <laughs> a strip club or something like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Two for Tuesdays. Just yeah. drop the kids <laughs> off here and <laughs> enjoy date night. <laughs> feel <laughs> so wonderful but guys if you're don't know why I'm making that joke about a strip club besides it being completely off color is the fact that um Portland is like known for I think it has like one of the highest capita of strip, yeah. right strip clubs per capita. and they're very creative so that would have oh. been like a really creative one yeah yeah so I love that you created <laughs> this and then what happened? yeah uh yeah, I threw myself into that. Uh, and we ended up, so Art Alucard ended up having like three locations. I, we also had a mobile unit that had this like wrapped scion that would go to like schools and big music festivals and concerts and nonprofits. And it was, uh, it was amazing. But in that first year of having uh, Art Alucard, and I was, you know, trying to put myself into to new rooms and to network and to market this. I realized that my daughter was in kindergarten. I was like, how are people doing this? Like, I feel like I have to put on a mask. I can't go in as a mom. You know, I can't go in covered in glitter. Like people are weird. (laughs) I'm trying to build these like relationships. And I just really couldn't find my people that were also moms and had businesses. And I was like, I'm going to see if I can find one other mom that's crazy enough to also own a business. And I did. And then that led to starting The Mob, which is mom-owned businesses. So it's the National Alliance of Mom-Owned Businesses, just to start really out of necessity for myself to find my people. And that exploded. And we ended up, you know, having thousands of members nationwide. And prior to uh, COVID, we were doing like almost 30 events per month with different leaders across the nation. And I ran that for a decade and like put everything I had into it. And I sold that last, last July. I love that you called it the mob. (laughs) Hell yeah. And it was the mob. It was like, we mobbed. I mean, in 2021, we pushed $3.5 million into our members' hands because of all of the way that we were teaching how to like network and build relationships wow. and really actually support each other. And we used to say there, well, they do still say there's a mob for that. So like really thinking with your buying power of making sure that you're supporting mobs first. <laughs> mob boss, mob bosses. <laughs> Hell yeah, the Don. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So- and this is, wait, you still had art on the a la carte and mob at the mm-hmm. same time? Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, things have always kind of just like overlapped. Um, and then Portland went through a lot of crazy uh, rent hikes and fund gentrification and stuff like that. And things were like doubling pretty rapidly. So I ended up closing the physical locations and still having the mobile unit. But when the mob exploded, that really like took my full focus. I feel like this needs to turn into like a drinking game. It sounds like, <laughs> like anytime she says mob boss, mob um, explosion. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing. Okay. So then the mob became more of your full business, although your genius mm-hmm. idea, like I need one of those. I want one of those so badly that art a la carte bars. Genius. Ugh, thank you. Yeah. I miss it all the time. I miss, I miss it. And I never went. I <laughs> I worked at a, a bead store, like B-E-A-D store when I was in college. Yeah. And I helped people, you know, select beads and wire and string and whatnot. And we had like a tiny table that some people could hang out in the back and make the jewelry on site. But I always oh, had a dream of like a bead bar. Yes. And then you could have like a glass of wine and you can reserve a table and mm-hmm. when your girlfriends could make the beads. And then if if I really got into it then you could have pedicures at the same time um <laughs> I was like how could you maximize all of the things and like, you know, I'm like pedicures take time so does and then you can have cheesecake sometimes then you can make balloon animals yeah um but I love so I'm glad to hear that someone actually like took a dream and made it a reality because I feel like we always muse about the things and it's cool to hear about the the dreams coming something uh yeah. even if it has its ups and its downs <laughs> so you are a mob boss and you are obviously quite skilled at networking and uh showing up and making an impact what lessons do you have for people who are starting their own business and be it virtual or or in person about attracting their dream clients or showing up on bigger stages I mean, there is no visibility strategy without intentional networking. Like networking is everything. And networking is going to outlive all of the algorithms, all of the like lead magnets. And this is like the new flashy thing that we're doing to like attract people and ads and all of that. Like people are flipping out right now because of like AI and chat PPT and they're like, oh, it's going to be harder for us to, you know, like compete with the people that can do all of these things. And it's like, well, if you were networking this whole time and building very valuable relationships, like that is where it, you know, starts and ends for, for building your relationships. Like if you can build a power network, a power circle of people that are your people, right? Like the people that get you, the people that are passionate about the same things, not necessarily like worrying about what it is that they're doing in the world at this season, but just your, your people, your vibe and you network correctly. You won't really even have to chase clients because they're going to be making all the referrals for you, right? Like they're going to be introducing you to the right opportunities. They're going to make the connections for you. Like I get email introductions and DM introductions all week long. Yeah, of people that are like, you need to meet this person. You need to work with this person. I don't do ads. I don't do, I hate content creation unless I start going on. Like sometimes I'll just be like manic and do a bunch of content creation and then like go quiet <laughs> for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
networking is everything and really building relationships and finding out how you can show up for the people that you're connected with, right? Like I show up generously for my people. I want to put them in the right rooms. I want to make referrals for them. And it all, it all comes back to you for sure. And teachable number, teachable moment number 4597, networking, yeah, networking, so many people at the like surface level feel like networking is all about them. Networking is all about what they get out of it. So what you're saying is so great because it is such a cyclical, cyclical thing and that it comes full circle. So not only are these people then, it sounds like you're you're suggesting that they're activated as like personal life ambassadors and (laughs) thinking about, right. Thinking about you when they, when you're not in a room, but similarly, like, how are you thinking about them when they're not in the room? Right. Exactly. I, I don't lead with what I do when I'm not working. Like I am actively listening to the person that I am connected with. I'm treating them like they're the most important person in the room because during that conversation, they are, People do love to talk about themselves. It gives them that like dopamine hit. They start to feel comfortable. And I genuinely want to learn about you, right? Because as I'm asking you questions like, oh, what types of people do you work with? What types of referrals are you looking for? What made you want to get into this line of work? Like my brain is going through my Rolodex of who I can introduce them to, right? So I don't leave that connection point without offering some sort of like next touch point, like, let me introduce you to my friend. Or, you know, I just, my friend has a podcast and she was just looking for somebody that wanted to talk about SEO, you know, like I always have those next touch points. I always swap information right then and there. And once they're in my world, right, like they'll be able to tell based on my content and my website and all of that stuff, what it is that I do, or in the next time that we're talking and I'm nurturing that relationship that will come up. But it's never, ever my focal point or my goal to talk about what it is that I do in that in that situation. Amen. And I think this is such an important thing to consider or like lesson for people to, to hear that you don't have to be selling yourself all the time. You could be actively listening and active yes. listening leads to such powerful connections and deep meaning of connections. Um, Absolutely. I, number one pet peeve. And I think you're the same way is when people, like I saw this, there was an interaction I had at, I was at mom 2.0 summit last week. And there was one girl, we like put our plate at her table and she's like, so what do you do? I was like, taco in mouth. I'm like, like, like buy me coffee first. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it's like, there's so many ways to get to that answer, that same answer without that's a fun game to play or, or challenge for anyone listening. That's like, oh, guys, I hate networking events, but there's something broken in you. you. It's easy for you to be conversationalist. And I'm like, no. And please back me up on this, Aria. I think that the power of just asking like smart questions and then yeah. you can find out that same information without them ever formally being asked, what do they do? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, it is a skill, right? Like it's an, it's an art, but really it's just showing up as you, like we made a connection because we were like cracking up and being like <laughs> silly and inappropriate and whatever. Right. And like, I think a bathroom, lot of people enter those, yeah, <laughs> enter those rooms thinking like they have to put on a show or build this persona when really it's like, 
when you're walking in there and you are just like showing exactly who you are, the people mm-hmm. just like gravitate towards you and like you can start to make those connections. And at that same dinner, I actually made a podcast episode about this. If you remember, there was somebody at our table that couldn't stop talking <laughs> about themselves. Yep. And like bragging and name dropping and all of this stuff. And I am all for like, I want everyone to have the confidence in their business to be like, yeah, seven figure business owner here, blah, yep. blah, blah. But I don't lead with that because it's <laughs> why do you need to know my income or my accomplishments? Like we just yeah. sat down, like I'm just eating my salad. And <laughs> and the rest of the table, we had really deep, funny connections yeah. and conversations and and left that room with new relationships built where people were just like glossing over and like, you know, ignoring her when she was just going on her 15 minute rampage (laughs) about all of the things that she accomplished. And I'm like, sis, there's a better way. I love it. Brag away, but not not right now. I I am a thousand percent with you. It's like all you have to contain the eye roll and be like, you have not done a, a single effort to like ask or engage with anyone yeah. like I name. you haven't even yeah. hi <laughs> do you know anyone's <laughs> name totally and I'm so with your you profits too. from last year yeah but congrats on that <laughs> and all of the brands you work with um it is it is funny because I feel like whenever I'm asked whenever I meet a you or I'm or a me and they're like a ninja at asking questions of me I catch myself talking about myself more and I feel really guilty because, and here's why, because I'm, I'm always the question asker is the person that's like finding out about someone else and then they'll leave and they're like, wow, that was a really deep conversation. And I'm like, you were either not aware and didn't ask me questions back or (laughs) you were also social ninja and you like were able to get questions back in about me. Um, so I feel very self-conscious. So I, this woman wasn't even being asked questions. <laughs> and so maybe maybe that was just her thing. But OK, so people are scared of networking. It's a dirty word. I feel like people think it's like Satan's work or something. I don't know. That feels religious. But uh, I feel like people think that networking is bad. So can you tell me? With someone that's like, oh, well, I don't even have a place to start networking or I have no friends or that's not fair. Everyone has friends. But like, where do people, <laughs> what's step one, Aria, in showing up and, and networking? Yeah. So uh, intentional networking to me is just building and then nurturing long-term mutually beneficial relationships. And so networking events aren't the only, I would I would argue that unless it's like, one of mine or Emily's events, it might not be the best space for networking, right? Like the traditional yeah. networking rooms. And so if those turn you off, just know that anything can be a networking opportunity. If you are practicing active listening, if you're getting into the right rooms where your people are. So really get into the idea of who your people are, what's important to them, what makes them tick, what lights them up, because then you're going to be able to know what types of rooms they're in, right? So like if they're people that you're like, oh, well, they're philanthropists or they're people that, you know, invest a lot of money into small business or they're supporting women. Well, the rooms that you might be able to meet these people in is you might be better going to like a, a charity event and just kind of like building relationships there. Yeah. Uh, you can 
go to grand openings for small businesses that you see on Instagram and stuff, because obviously the people there care about small businesses and are going to, you know, are people that are investing into the community and just start putting yourself into rooms and start asking the right questions. But I think if you're listening to this podcast, you already have a killer (laughs) resource (laughs) at your fingertips. So I would definitely, I would definitely start there. Yeah. I I love that idea of of going to store openings. Um, I, yeah, store openings and a lot of people feel like they need a direct invite. Uh, This might be an interesting opportunity for you to also understand like your human design. Do you always feel like you need to be invited into something or can you just show up and find the back door? <laughs> so, you know, your your style and understanding it and, and understanding yourself. But I love that suggestion of the small business openings because, yeah, what do you have at a small business opening? You probably have a PR team. You probably have a photographer. You yeah. probably, depending on what kind of store it is, there might have been like the who's who or some like key figures in your local area. Um. And it's a great jumping off point, especially if you're trying to get in front of that like-minded or similar individual. So then the next question, Aria, is going to be, how do people find these these store openings? Or like, but I wasn't invited to them. (laughs) I mean, if it's public information, that's your end, right? Right. And think about all the things that you've put out into the world where you were just hoping that people were going to come and show up, right? People Mm -hmm. are telling you and talking about these things or being on Instagram or, or putting it on event calendars or whatever, they're saying that because they want more people to come. So you could check Eventbrite. I know that some cities still uh, use Meetup. You could Google, you know, boutique grand opening in my area. You can follow certain hashtags on Instagram. And if you're still feeling nervous about that, then, you know, send them a little message. Like I'm thinking about coming to your event. I'm thinking about bringing a couple friends, like kind of start setting that, setting yourself up and building that relationship before you get in. So then they're like, Oh my gosh, Emily, like, I'm so excited. You, you were able to make it, put yourself in the person's shoes. Like, obviously they're putting themselves out there. They're paying for the charcuterie board. They want you to come. (laughs) Exactly. And, and the other thing too, is a lot of these stores, a lot of these stores that are doing events, they have a website uh, that's a bigger website, like on the the malls page. So I'll give an example. I used to work in fashion. We would partner with the malls and we would post the invites for like a shit sip and shop or um, we have a monogrammer coming in or something like that. Yeah. Um, they want people like the desires of stores are client acquisition. They want brand awareness, client acquisition. So you coming in. And saying like, yeah, my girlfriend and I, or, you know, I knew I was going to go get a blowout and I would be at the mall around this time. And I thought it was worth checking out. I needed a new monogrammed. Yeah. yeah. There's no no obligation for you to, to buy or purchase something, but it's really a great opportunity for you to get dressed up and to like show up at a place that might not be your typical Wednesday night. Yeah. And if you have social media, I mean, post, I'm looking for events to go to. I'm looking for rooms. I'm ready to put myself out there. Who, where do I need to go? What's the next thing that you guys are going to that I can tag along? People Mm want to help. People want to bring you around, you know? And so don't be afraid to ask. And if there is a networking event or something that, that people are growing and you are feeling nervous, like DM the person that is running the event. They want a successful event. They want you 
hopefully if they're doing it right, they want you to get connections. So, you know, like I would always be like, I'll meet you outside before the mob meetup, right? Like yep. I'll make sure, like meet me there 15 minutes early. I'll make sure you get comfortable. I'll make sure that I introduce you to a couple people so that you can get that like, you know, instant gratification and first connection and start to get, you know, settled in there. People want to assist you in that way and introduce you to the right people. A thousand percent. And I'll add one last idea for that um, is co-working spaces. And I think a lot of people forget to look at like their happenings board, but they have a lot of happenings and their goal is to get in front of new people. So how can you be that new person to show up? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it. Well, Aria, how can people learn more about you, learn more about brand explosion and visibility? (laughs) You're speaking all of the amazing things. All of the things. Uh, I am on Instagram and LinkedIn, just my name, Aria Lighty. And my website is arialighty.com. I also have a a course and community called Show the Fuck Up that talks all about intentional networking and even get into like showing up in the press and showing up on social media. So uh, you can check that out at arialighty.com slash show up. And yeah, just send me a DM. I want to have these conversations. Introduce yourself and tell me all about you and maybe I can introduce you to somebody new. I think it's like our, our version of Tourette's, y'all. It's like a game we have to play. Like, who can we introduce you to? Come on, come yes. on, try me. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, for real, challenge. I, I know I know people that like sell those little jumping spiders. Like, I know, I know everybody. <laughs> a thousand percent. I feel, I feel the same way. Um, well, Aria, before we leave, I like to ask, ask, ask our guests. Wow, my, my speech impediment came back. Um, Ask some five, some six fast questions. So are you ready to, to rock and roll? Yes. My heart okay. is racing. I know. I know. <laughs> this is going to be probably, do you have your polygraph set up yet? <sighs> Did it come in the mail? Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Cool. It's like off the charts. <laughs> yeah. Here, here she is. All right. My first question for you is tell us an unknown fun fact about Aria. Oh, about me. About you. I mean, if you know a random fun fact, that's cool too. I was going to say that Peng's orgasm for up to six hours, but that's not about me. Wait, but wait, in wait. a way, it really is. Pigs do? Yeah. That's amazing. Like I'll take hogs. it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's the best fun fact I've had so far. So, well, I was like, oh, I do have one kind of tucked away. <laughs> do you have one about you too? <sighs> I'm full of fun facts. When I was little, I was a storyteller and like pathological liar. And I used to just tell (laughs) outrageous stories that just made no sense. And just to anybody that would listen. And I was very good at like keeping up, like remembering which story I told which person. I was a freaking weirdo. I I like that. I think we would have been childhood friends. It sounds like. (laughs) I've been like, and yeah, yeah, of course I, I arrived on boat and um, yeah, 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 I, I'm with you. I like that one. I like the pig one too. Um, who would be a dream person, dead or alive, that you'd like to be connected with? Oprah. Oprah. Okay. And we went with the Oprah route. That's a good one. It's 
I think I think everyone wants to be connected with Oprah and then we'd get in front of Oprah and we're like, what would we say to Oprah? And I'm going to probably be like, no, that's not who I wanted to be introduced to. But I mean, I already got introduced to you. So I feel like. You, you know, basically know Oprah. I've met Gail King before. <laughs> so essentially you've been connected to Oprah, I think, is how we say it. Love it. We love yeah. it. Um, what show are you currently watching? Bar Rescue. Oh. All day, every day. Is it like <laughs> rescuing a bar? Yeah. You know, oh, my gosh. Bar Rescue. And I want to have my own show where I go and like do something similar with brands where I help, you know, level them up and explode them, um, take a shot. But without, you have to watch Bar Rescue. Okay. I won't yell like he does, but yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Bar Rescue. Ooh, I'll check that one out. What book are you reading or have you currently read? If you don't read books, you can say like a podcast instead. Um, Why She Buys is actually a very interesting book. I cannot remember the author, but it's basically about like the science of like the female brain and what gets them to to Ooh. buy things and, and buy into like the marketing and stuff like that. It's very good. I love that. Okay. Why She Buys. What? This is a very important question. What is your favorite emoji? Hmm. The the laugh, uh, cry one, or the one that's like, you know, like Italians, they like, <laughs> like chef's kiss, you know? Oh, yeah. That about like everything when I really like it. So I like to send that a lot. So if you ever get that, that means you're like, so good. <laughs> I love it. And my final question for you is, who inspired you or gave you permission to do the thing you wanted to do with your life? Myself. Yourself. Amen, sister. Well, Aria, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. I probably could keep you for another two and a half hours at least and then throw a margarita in there. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for all the teachable mo- moments and sharing your story with our listeners today. Thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor. Yay. And listeners, if you liked today's episode, go follow Aria, give us five stars, and we'll see you the next time on The Sixth Degree with Emily Merrill. Have a great day, everyone.